we're, we're, we're here for our second episode of Despirituality. And we're going to be talking about New Hope. And we know a lot of you listen to episode number one. We want to start out in kind of a fun way. And so we're going to kind of bat it around. And I don't have my ultimate Christmas nemesis here, Mike Query. He and I plan to go head to head on best music for Christmas, best movies for Christmas. We've been looking forward to this. This is Ollie Frazier coming up. But that'll be in the next episode three. All right. But in this episode, I have some, you know, some good people, but they're novices compared to me and Mike. Mike and I are weaponized Christmas people. Um, but we've got uh, we've got uh, Alexis Colvin here. We've got uh, Kelly. Uh, we've got Kiara. We've got uh, Rhett. We've got a whole kit and caboodle of, uh, of of people here. And what I want them to tell me, though, what, Kelly, is your favorite Christmas memory from growing up? Favorite Christmas memory. Yeah. What's was... your favorite Christmas memory? Growing yeah. Up? OK. My family. um we went to Hawaii. Uh oh! And it was it was amazing because it was raining the whole time. What? And it was warm, and like we went out and uh, and then there was like a like a one moment of I don't know how long, but it was wasn't raining. Yeah. And so we went out in our PJs um, after breakfast and like went on the beach and took pictures. <laughs> and, like um, so now we have all these pictures of us like in our PJs on on the beach in the water and like. And that um, was in the sun, right? Yeah, it was that was sunny? Yeah, at that moment. But the whole rest um, of the time it was raining. It was raining a lot of it. I don't know if the whole entire time. How old but were you? I was. Oh, this was in high school. I think I was like a oh, sophomore. So you're like a teenager. Uh huh. Okay. Um, but it was like one of my favorite Christmas memories. Like, why in the world would rain in Hawaii be your favorite? Christmas I don't know. Memory? I think it was just the like the the like tropical. It was it was warm, but still like wet. Was I love the rain. In the PJs, you guys all just went on your pajamas. On, <laughs> yeah, on the, on yeah. Because it was just fun. Your I think it was like. Can't- kind of like uh uninhibited or something <laughs> most people would be afraid to go on the beach no it was in so pajamas. fun really? it actually explains yeah. you okay. a lot Kelly. yeah right. it's All my right. life yeah. alexis said yeah. explains you a lot yeah. okay alexis what, what 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 was what is your favorite uh either album or single oh. christmas music song performance give me some oh gosh um my ne- favorite i never heard of oh gosh but yeah, <laughs> yeah that one's it's you have to go underground for that one no okay. my my favorite is probably this christmas by chris brown like ah, old chris brown not okay. current chris brown um wait wait what, what's the difference between old chris brown oh, and current chris brown are uh, we talking about okay i get what you're talking yeah, about yeah. <laughs> all right chris music brown, was better person i didn't say was that better. chris brown yeah. that was not me <laughs> yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. not getting into that but alexis has apparently jailed and condemned you okay yeah, uh so I'll the, the young chris brown uh-huh. versus the old chris brown because young Chris Brown. Oh, he, I mean, like past, yeah, past. Yeah, when young, he was young. He was young uh huh. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where he 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 that where that song comes from? I know that it's not from him, but I don't know. No, who no, it's no. From. Do you know where he sang it? Where? where oh, where? oh, oh, performance. I was thinking just song. He was was one of the stars in the movie called This Christmas. Chris Brown was in that. Yes, oh. he's the youngest boy. Oh, I didn't know that. And this is one of my okay. I'm Mike. Query, my nemesis for Christmas competition <laughs> is on my left, but he's not on mic right now. But Mike, this is one I'm going to throw down on you. This Christmas, in my opinion, is one of the great Christmas movies of all time. All right. It, dis- it discusses African-American culture around Christmas. And Chris Brown is the youngest boy. Mm. And he's intimidated that he'll become this no good kid because his <laughs> older brother 
left home. Well, his dad, who divorced his mother or left his mother, Mm -hmm. was a saxophone player and did jazz and just abandoned them. Uh Then his brother played saxophone and then he just took off. And Mm -hmm. Chris Brown was staying at home and but he has the talent to sing. Mm -hmm. But he was afraid to tell his mother he had the talent to sing because she would think, well, you're another one of the musicians. You're going to leave me, too. And that's a whole crisis in the whole movie. It's really intense. And so he's at this club and all his brothers and sisters are going to this club just to go. But they have an open mic night. And then Chris gets up there, and at the point in the movie, you don't know. He's just in a photography. He's like a little young guy. He starts singing this. He starts singing a song, and it's not this Christmas. Another song I won't give it away. And you're like, what? And yeah. I didn't really know who Chris Brown was at that point. Yeah. And when I he's watched like the movie. He's like a young kid? He's, no, he's like probably, I don't know how old he is in there, but he's like 19, 19 okay, 18, okay. something like that. And then at the end of the movie, they're all in this church service. And I won't give it away, but I'm telling you, man, you got mm-hmm. to, if you have it, you, know, you will cry. You will jump up and down you will laugh and if you don't come from an african-american culture you will learn and um and at the end of the movie they're in this church and his his mother doesn't know he sings yet or hasn't heard him sing yet and he sings he sings this christmas and it is it is one of the most moving things but that's where that comes from yeah i did not that's a tip you got to yeah see you got it yeah mike i need you on that see (laughs) all right all right i like that chris brown chris brown on this christmas Uh i gotta go okay Brett. Brett. I'm going to need a Christmas movie from you. Christmas movie? Uh, I think The Grinch, the newest one. Oh, really? You've yeah, seen it? I haven't yeah. seen it. Oh, what? You haven't seen it yet? No, you know, oh. I work for a living. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's got a Tyler, the creator, like does a lot of the music. So yeah, it's I've more about it's, him. What's what his deal? Do you know? What, where, where does he even come from? I don't know anything about him. He's just, he's a rapper. He's been around for, I don't know, since I was in high school. So oh, maybe really? Like 10 so years. So he's been around a while. Yeah, yeah. He's been around a little bit. He's kind of so more like an underground. Did you listen to uh, no, a little bit. What kind bit. of music do you listen to in high school? High school, uh, metal and hardcore. Do they have music. any Christmas metal songs? Yes, they do. Yes, give me one. Give me one. <laughs> Carol of the well, it, it's it's rendition like it's, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, covers, but Carol of the Bells by August Burns Red. They have they my favorite metal band August Burns Red did an entire Christmas. Okay, album. you got to say that. Say the name of that band slower so I can hear it. August Burns Red. August Burns Red. Yeah, and they and have that's a, a metal band. Yeah, Sledden, and they have a Christmas song. Sledden Hill, a Christmas album. A Christmas album? A Merry Metal <laughs> a Christmas. Metal Christmas album. Yes. Merry Metal? Yes. Okay. Rhett, you're bringing it home, man. Wow. Now, you listened to them in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you listened to metal when you were in high school. Yeah. Were you a troubled child? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We got Kiara. She's jumped on the mic. We're having to do a little mic yeah. swap right now. Hey, everybody. I know you're here for the Defeating Discouragement series, but what it is is these guys are new on the mic, so I'm trying to loosen them up a little bit and get them started with a little bit of fun. And hopefully you're having fun, and hopefully you're arguing out there, and you're going, no, Russ, you're wrong. This Christmas isn't good. It's boring. <laughs> and, and you know, and I hope you enjoy having your point of view. You're wrong about it, but it's you know, you're probably going to be discouraged. As I've proven you wrong, you're probably discouraged. But no, this Christmas is a great one. But I, what I need from you, Kiara, because you're Latin. Yeah. Right. I, I, I want a Latin. I, I think I know. I think Latin I know memory. one. I want a Latin. No, I want a Latin tradition. What's a Latin holiday tradition? It can either be a New Year's tradition or it can be one that a lot of Latin people might do that a lot of people that grow up in, in, in America, you know, sort of like me in the Midwest wouldn't know about either a, a Christmas or holiday or New Year. Is there any Latin traditions or anything like that? Yeah. So it's kind of um, it was interesting because it's Latin, but then we're in America. So it was a crossover. Um so, yeah, uh, so a tradition is on Christmas Eve we open presents, yeah. but then I was, you know, but then we're here, and then you're hearing about Santa Claus, and all my friends were opening cr- presents on Christmas Day, so they switched it. So it was Christmas Eve, um, 
take a nap and yes. then wake up. Still, it's still Christmas Eve, but just go to sleep because Santa Claus is going to come. Wait, wait, and wait. Then when you do you go up. to sleep? Like you know, I don't know, like eight or something. Oh, and before before midnight. Yeah, before midnight. But okay. then they would wake me up still because the tradition is to still celebrate Christmas Eve at night. Um, so you go to bed midnight. at eight. And then you wake up. Then at- they wake me up and they're like, oh, my gosh, Santa came while you're asleep. <laughs> but what time do they wake you up? Uh, Like almost midnight. Yeah. Yeah. So so eight and then at midnight or so they wake you up uh-huh. and then you stay up all night. Yeah. Well, until like I fall asleep. But yeah, but it's to open gifts. Yeah, because I, the I heard, you, I heard you stay up all night. Well, I mean, I don't know if I could handle it. But well, I, mean, I mean, in general, I heard. They, yeah, they do. Yeah, they'll stay up all night. They, I, know, they would party. I know people. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm talking to the wrong people. But it, to me, it's one of the cool things. Yeah. Like one of the beautiful things about being in the Bay Area, you know, a lot of people out there, you know, they don't like living in the Bay. They say, well, I'm sorry, they say living in the Bay Area is terrible. Why would you live there and all that? Uh, because it's diverse and it's inspiring and purposeful and fun. And I don't even need good weather. Just living here is flat out awesome. Yeah. But I, I didn't have that much exposure to the Latin culture. And when I when I heard about that, I was I couldn't. Hey, I, I twelve oh five, I'd be down. But <laughs> but I just think what a cool tradition. Yeah. We in our family like to open gifts on Christmas Eve because my family only opened them on Christmas Day. Gail's family was more of a Christmas Eve person, and since I want to get the presents as quickly as possible, <laughs> we switched and went with Christmas Eve because my thing is all about how quickly can you open them. I love that <laughs> tradition. I love. It. Do, do, did you want to share something else? No, I mean that was that was. It. What do you eat? What do you eat after when you get up? Do you eat anything? Because I heard there's pastries and stuff um, okay, like that. Yeah, well, I don't know. So what we had was uh, this Latin American, it's a fruitcake, but it wasn't like mm. one of those dense-like fruitcakes. That's it like was an like American a, one of those, thing, like, probably hard. Things. You can't even, yours yeah. is fluffy? Yeah, it was like, it's fluffy See, and the Latins airy, always do it better. Like hot chocolate, coffee, <laughs> like coffee. All, even the kids drink coffee. Like, See, the Latins <laughs> always do it. See, the Latins <laughs> do it better, man. I'm telling you. Lots of milk and sugar. Okay. Party harder. <laughs> give me, give me, is there a good Latin Christmas song or movie? I don't know. Feliz Navidad. You, <laughs> Feliz Navidad by Jose Feliciano. Yeah, actually, we listened to that this weekend. Really? That's still that's still working for you. You're much younger than me. Wow. No, I mean I haven't been like listening. No, I'm saying that's really Christmas cool. Time. That's really cool. Oh, yeah. All right, it's a classic. Yeah, I think I, I think I have some. Um, I think I have some Latin uh, Christmas music that I'll introduce you to. Okay, yeah, that'd yeah be great. so that I can completely give you your deep greater depth of your culture yeah, hopefully your dad won't be listening your mom won't be listening and going oh shame our daughter, <laughs> our daughter should have been singing in, in 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 spanish all right so when you guys think about the holidays and doing well spiritually what do you think the greatest challenges are kelly get in on this just like what's the hardest thing about doing well spiritually during the holidays do you think um i think there's so much going on that i get I just get so much more focused on what am I supposed to be doing and like what's next? How am I going to like what time I'd be meeting up as a family? And yeah. I have to make sure I get all the presents, uh, my budget. Oh, wait, like I just there's so many things I'm thinking about. So does about. it make you feel like you're speeding up? Yeah. And, and when so you it's, speed up, is it harder? What, what's it's, har- it's harder for me to like, like relax and like listen to the Bible, like just listen to God and like, let me just, just sit to be still. And yeah, just to, yeah, just to be still what is going on in my mind yeah. other than what's going on. Yeah. Cause a lot of times I speed up because I'm trying to like do what I think my family wants me to do. Yeah. Um, which what, is generally what, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. except for when it, I think it, when I, I end up so up much in my head about what they think I should do that I can't actually like love them. <laughs> um, and like, cause I'm not really there. I think that's the same with like not being able to slow down and like read my Bible and listen to God. Yeah. And- it sounds like what you're talking about is that um, what we all struggle with 
every one of us is it's really not our family. I don't think you mean that or I don't yeah. think it's really another person. But I think what it is is that you have a situation where people speed us up. Okay. Sometimes, you know, when I played basketball in high school, um, I'd get on a court and if a team put pressure on me, I would speed up. It wasn't mm-hmm. the, the defense that sped me up. It was my emotions that sped me up. Yeah. And so what you're describing is something we all go through. We get excited about the holidays. You get excited about them, right? Yeah, yes. And then we get we get sped up by all the opportunities to do things. And then the desire to be with people we care about. Mm-hmm. And in being sped up, you sit there in front of your Bible and you're like, what am I doing here? There's things to do. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Uh, let's go with Rhett. What do you think? What do you think, Rhett? As far as what 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 makes it hard to do well spiritually during the holidays, uh, I think it's just a time that it's really like encourages indulgence and giving into whatever <laughs> yeah. whatever you want. So um, when I'm and especially going home, you know, to family and being at home and warm, and you sit around yeah. and it's like, food, okay, right? it's time to just give to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna gorge myself on food. You're the only boy like me, right? So it's like <laughs> that's our holiday. Let's yeah. go, people. Exactly. Do your thing. Do you serve me? Yeah. And then I love running, yeah, running around and going shopping and like going to, to movies and to mute concerts yeah. and all sorts of yeah. whatever I can do. Yeah. You know, I'm and like, you're the not second saying those things are bad. You're just going, you know, how many and how long do, do I need to do it? Yeah. And then I end up like laying on my floor, just, you know, passed out, collapsed <laughs> from running around so much yeah. and indulging so much. Was <laughs> it from the tryptophan or whatever? What's in the, what's in Turkey? Tryptophan. Tryptophan. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Okay. Alexis, you were going to get <laughs> well, it. I just think it's funny because like Kelly said, speed up. Cause I feel like I slow down yeah. too much. You like, slow down? <laughs> yeah. Like I should speed up a little more. Like, like I'm like, this is my time to chill. Like oh. watch an entire season on Netflix. Like wow. I just like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay. So, I think I just I think I think well I think but it's the it has the same effect because I'm like oh I'll like get to reading my Bible later or I'll deal with I have time to deal with stuff right, you know like right. so I end up not really getting to it or I kind of get unaware dull because I'm just like this is time to have fun like I've earned it do you, you know? think do you think sometimes that that our our true selves come out during the holiday as far yeah. as that's concerned. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm asking you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I, I think when like I'm it, like, when I mean by true self, I don't want to put words in your thoughts in your head. I'm a little nervous here. <laughs> um, but that what it is, is when you have the opportunity to distance yourself, ignore, walk away from God, you take it. Yeah. I'm not, I, mean, I, I, no, I, 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 I didn't really I mean, want to say it, but I, that, that's what was well, going through I mean, my head. Well, I, th- I, I think like, I, well, I think that can be the temptation. Like, yeah, I think I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think when I'm on break, like I, like, I feel like I know going into it, like, okay, it's going to be hard for me to want to put in the work to deal with stuff, yeah. especially like. What's deal with stuff mean? Like, I, I just think like, cause I, yeah, cause I think same thing. Like I end up feeling stuff, you know, just being around family more. Or What's being, stuff? Stuff? Like emotions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that okay. stuff. I heard the feeling part, but I didn't know what the stuff part was. <laughs> Those. Things. I don't know if that went in a turkey, a ham. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Put a little stuff I, in I there. like dealing with that. You like that? Yeah, I'll, I'll deal with stuff. that stuff. So I'm, gonna saying, I'm gonna start talking like that. Yeah. Hey, how you doing, Russ? I'm just dealing with stuff. <laughs> Man. Did you get anything out it's of your like... Bible? Yeah, I got some stuff out of it. <laughs> Did you pray about anything? I prayed about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I got Rhett going over there. Rhett's cracking up. I got Rhett going. Okay, go ahead. But yeah, no, I think I end up, I I think, well, I don't know, because I, I think when there's more structure, like I'm, when there's more structure, I think I'm like, okay, like this is my time to spend time with God, this is my time to 
deal with emotions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and that so, makes I, sense. yeah. So I think when I when there's no structure ah. and I'm left to myself, yes. I would rather just do whatever I want to do. Um, but I think. So and I you grew that, up in the church, right? Yeah, I did. And yeah. so it's a real lesson for those of us who've grown up in the church, which does not include me. Um, <laughs> I don't think they wanted to see me coming personally, but without, and I think this is true of life. I think Kelly, you're describing it too, that one of the things about the holidays that makes it difficult is there's no structure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if you're older and you have kids, there's more structure because you're, you have to do certain things, right? But when you're younger and it's great, there's no structure. And I'm not saying that you should legalistically put rules down and right. go, I'm going to arise at 645 and pray <laughs> to the sun in the, the direction of the sun for a half hour. And I'm not <laughs> saying, but I think what it does is what you're saying is it's not necessarily that it exposes any disinterest. It's that I don't have what is needed to handle a lack of structure, which means that maybe during the holidays, we all need to make sure we have some structure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think that's what helps. I, I know in the past I've had just kind of going into holidays, having like a game plan where yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make sure I talk to people every day. Like I'm going to set up times to call someone. Or Why I'm would gonna... you do that? Just because I know. Because there just... are a lot of people listening that aren't religious, don't go to church. And yeah. Like, Why would you set up a time to talk to anybody? No, mm -hmm. I, I think it's because I just know in like a day I feel a ton and then it's so easy for me to just ignore it and yeah. not want to deal with it. And I but know are you I need... saying you're the kind of person and I want to get Kelly and Red in here on this mm -hmm. and then we're going to get some scriptures in here and then we're going to kind of we're going to put this one. We're going to put this one to bed because I feel like, you know, you guys are nice and loose now. You got it going. Um, but I think if I'm if I'm like when I was in college and I wasn't a Christian, if I was listening to this podcast, I'd be like, who in the world sets up times to talk to people like I never did that in my life. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think there's a reason why you would do that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the reason I know people do it is because they're like, hey, if I don't make sure I take time to talk to people, I won't be talking. Yeah. There's some people like, I'm an extrovert, so shutting me up is the greatest challenge in life. <laughs> um, but are, is it because you feel like, oh, I might, I'm, I'm more of someone who thinks in my own head, yeah. so I might not do that? Yeah, I just, I just know that when I'm left to myself, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go out of my way to try to talk to people. Yeah, sure. Um I definitely naturally isolate. Yeah. And so I think I need I need my friends to kind of hold me accountable. Yeah. And so I mean I think that's why me and Kelly are good friends because she's a lot you more You use the term like accountable. That's a that's a that's an interesting word. Yeah. For me that's still a religious word. So okay. I think you, you you're I I'm I'm just trying to translate for some people out there listening that don't you know don't don't are like me, you're not churchified from birth. Yeah. And what what uh Alexa I think is saying is She's your friends. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot. Accountable means a lot of things. It means support. It yeah. means vision. It means hope. It means laughter. Um, it means adventure. It, it just means companionship and partnership. And so for those of you who maybe have been around churches a long time or the business world and you hear the word accountable, you may think of something a little different than Alexis is talking about. And so you're really talking about really true friendship. I love what you're saying because you're saying that left to myself, I, if I don't have structure, I'm I'm a little bit more a person who thinks within themselves mm -hmm. and I don't feel the need to go run out there and get a lot of attention. So I have to make sure I reach out. I yeah. love that. That's a good tip for the holidays. Yeah. And if you're out there listening, you're not a bad person because you don't stand tons of people. You you know, sometimes people cause stress. Mm -hmm. And so it, you, you have to figure that out. <laughs> but what, what uh, Alexis is saying is don't isolate over the holidays. Hey, let's get into a couple of things. Our theme for this series is new hope. And hopefully you guys are feeling more comfortable on the mics. Are you feeling more comfortable now? 
Yeah. yeah. Now that we do our little mm-hmm. Christmas thing, you're feeling more comfortable? Yeah. You think we can run through a couple things and, 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 and help people out? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So we've been talking about choosing God in the first episode, and what we're doing here is talking about what choosing God means. So a lot of times people say, I want to choose God, but what does it actually mean? And in the scriptures, uh, choosing God means choosing God's purpose, God's purpose for your life. And so one of the things we want to do is talk about that. And in uh, uh, Philippians 2 and verse 12, it says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fill his good purpose. What Alexa just talking about was working it out. you got to work it out. What uh, Kelly was talking about, what Red and Kiara are talking about really here, is that it's our responsibility to choose God. It's not that someone else to hold us accountable to choose God or make us choose God, that's got to be our choice. And that's what God says. So that's the work we're supposed to do. And when we do that, we end up finding God's purpose. Now, I think it's important for us to understand this. A lot of times we think, well, I'll be encouraged more if I, as Rhett was talking about, if I eat more cake and see more concerts. And, and you certainly will be encouraged at a point, but there's a point where you've eaten so many pieces of cake, you've seen so many concerts, you've seen so many movies that it loses its uh, viability and impact on your life. It's like violence in the movies. When I was a kid, you know, two people got shot and that was a big deal. Now, a thousand people get shot in some of these movies and people are still going, man, I don't know, that wasn't enough action for me. We can dull our senses by the overindulgence that Rhett talked about. And so choosing God and being uh, hopeful with God is not just about finding fun things to do. It's about finding God's purpose. Charles Crothheimer, who's a conservative columnist who passed away not that long ago, and no, I'm not advocating for conservatism or republicanism or anything. What I'm talking about is a guy who had great insight. He gave a commencement speech, uh, and it's in his new book, uh, The Point of It All. He gave a commencement speech, and he said in the commencement speech, the moral of the story is don't be afraid to choose and don't be afraid to start all over if you have to. T. Lawrence once said, at least in the version of his life by David Lean, nothing is written. The reason he said that is Charles Crothheimer was a psychiatrist. He went to med school, became a psychiatrist, and was a practicing psychiatrist, woke up one day and said, you know what? I'm not encouraged by this. My life's not happy. I'm not loving this. He was a brilliant psychiatrist by all accounts. And he just got up one day, went in, told his clients he was done, quit psychiatry, and decided to go into writing and to become a conservative columnist and start from scratch. And what he was telling this audience of students is, look, nothing's written. You don't have to be anything. And listen to this part. This is really exciting. And by that he meant life is open. Everything is choice. Nothing is inevitable. So the message I have to you young people is don't be afraid to choose. Choose what you love. And if you don't love what you've chosen, choose again. A lot of the time uh, we end up feeling like, uh, well, I'm not encouraged in life, and it's because you've chosen the wrong purpose. You've chosen money. You've chosen attention. You've chosen status. And when I say you, I've done all that, Mm -hmm. you know, and choosing that ends up leaving you completely dissatisfied, and it takes incredible courage to choose God because usually it means choosing again your purpose. It doesn't mean you have to go get a new career, but you start going, wait a minute, the purpose of my life is not software engineering, writing code, and Python. Hmm. The purpose of my life is something different, helping people, making a difference in people's lives. And so when Philippians 2.12 says, 
Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you. God wants to work in us, and one of the best ways to get encouraged is to figure out what is God's purpose for my life. Now, I know you guys will enjoy this. I watched Harry Potter, the Sorcerer's Stone, and getting prepared for our wonderful time, and um, one of the things that hit me in, uh, in, in Harry Potter's Sorcerer's Stone is that he had to make an identity shift. Mm. Uh, and the first thing that happens is Hagrid uh, goes and finds him. And you guys will have to help me. Now, what's the, the family he was uh, uh, taken in by? The Dursleys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Dursleys, are, they're, 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 they, they tyrannize and terrorize Harry. And mm. I use those words in a light tone, not in a, in a super serious tone. Um, and they make him live in a closet. And they basically make him feel like his parents got killed in an auto accident. He's just a homeless kid. He's got no home. He's not worth anything. And they're, that they're blessing him by letting him cook and clean and, and do all these things for them. And all of a sudden, and I won't go into the details. You have to go back and watch it. He's been taken away to keep him away from Hogwarts and all of the wizards and, and, and everything, ultimately to keep him away from his destiny. And then Hagrid shows up, and Hagrid says, hey, Harry, you're a wizard. And I love the scene because to see Harry's faith face when he says it, he says, no, no, I'm just Harry. I'm not a wizard. I think a lot of us get discouraged because we look in the mirror and we see just Harry. Mm-hmm. We go, I'm not anything special. I'm not that smart. I'm, in the earlier episodes, Cameron talked about that feeling of, you know, I haven't accomplished all these different things that everybody else has accomplished. And you know what? God has a plan for you. And you need and I need to stop thinking about what people think about us. And I think this movie, you know, I believe J.K. Rawlings is like our modern day Shakespeare. And people <laughs> laugh about that. But I got she's better than Shakespeare, in my opinion. And I've read Shakespeare. Yes. For all those who are judging me. Um, and, and and but he, she, he goes, I'm just Harry. And he's and he says, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You're a wizard. And you've been accepted into Hogwarts. And Harry's moved to choose the life of a wizard. He has to make that choice. And I think for a lot of us as Christians, we become a Christian, we go to church, but we've never chosen God and his destiny for our life. Mm-hmm. You know what's wonderful about Sorcerer's Stone? At the end of it, Dumbledore's talking to him and he says, you know what, Harry? And I think I can say this from memory. You know what, Harry? It's not our abilities to make us who we are. It's our choices. One of the things that gives us new hope is not only when we choose God, but when he chooses our purpose, his purpose for our lives. And so what I'd like you guys to comment on before we close on out is just, what do you think about that? What have you learned about that? What do you think the message ought to be to everybody out there? Who's going to get us started? Well, um, I, well I, I just think, like, I definitely can really easily define myself by, yeah, I guess even just when it comes to dealing with emotions, I feel like it's something that I have such a hard time with. And I think I can just go, oh, I just am horrible at this, and I just have such a hard time. But I define myself by that. But I think... What I love so much about that scripture is because even it says like God's the one that gives you the desire and the power to to fulfill the purpose. Like there's not I don't like my mistakes or what I feel like I'm not good at. That doesn't really play a factor in what my purpose is. And so I think that's what really helps me go, Okay, like it's so much bigger than what my mistakes are, what my flaws are, even what my abilities are. So I think that. And I'm going to come back to you, but I want you to be asking yourself the question, well, how does your purpose fit into your weakness Mm, mm because that's the goal of the bible Mm -hmm. see we look at ourselves and say oh that's bad about me you Mm -hmm. know what i think god does he goes no that's exactly why i created you yeah i i needed you like jacob if you go back and look at the bible was a liar and a deceiver yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. oh but god used that Mm -hmm. you know why i'm asking a question do you know why (laughs) 
why he used his deception. Why that got God's attention? Why why didn't he punish him? Why didn't he why didn't he wipe him off the face of the earth for being deceitful? Well, I think a lot of people relate to that. That was my first thought. Sure, but you know what he was deceitful about? He was deceitful about getting the birthright to be the mm-hmm. one that God chose to bless. Oh, yeah. oh, right. And God looked at him and said, yeah, you're pretty sinful with your deceit, <laughs> but you want the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, God looks at our heart, not our behavior. And so when we look at our weaknesses and what's terrible about us, what we miss, God's not paying attention to your weaknesses and what's terrible about you. He created you that way. He created you to run fast or run slow. He created you to be brilliant or to be ordinary. But in that creation of all those different things, there's a whole set of people that he wants you to change the lives of. Mm-hmm. And so part of finding God's purpose is saying, you know, take whatever you think is wrong with you. And in that is your purpose. Hmm. Say, what do I, what do I hate about me? <laughs> That's probably exactly why you're here. Yeah. And to turn that, to turn that into your purpose. Like when, when, when we had special needs kids and everything and Gail was really good with it. You know, I was not into the, in, I was in the arena of studying how to make money. That's what I was looking to study in school. And so I was like, I, I'm, I'm glad to be a parent. And I wasn't actually, I wasn't discouraged about being a parent, especially these kids. I just didn't know how, but I didn't think that was my purpose. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to be a good parent, but you know, Gail knows how to figure this stuff out and she'll tell us what to do. And then one day I was going to a softball uh, with, with Jonathan. We got into a softball program and it was especially softball program. And we were driving one day and I looked in the mirror, the rearview mirror and saw him back there in his, you know, his, his uh, child seat or whatever it was. And, and I was like, you know, he's not liking this and I'm not liking this, but we're going because we think this is, this is the only thing available to us. Mm-hmm. And I got home and I said, I'm not doing that again ever. And that's the day we created something called e-soccer. Because I looked at what I didn't know how to do and what I thought was my problem and not wasn't any good at it. And within that, I found my purpose. And so the day I got a phone call from CBS News and they said, we just called you to let you know you've won the Jefferson Award. I go, well, what is that? They said it's developed by Jackie Onassis Kennedy for community service. It's a national award. It's a local award. And it's given to those who do outstanding community service. I was in shock because I did e-soccer just to help my kids. But God was drawing me into a destiny. And then two weeks later, I got a phone call from a friend of mine or one of the guys who works in the office, and he said, Congressman Lantos wants to get a hold of you. And I go, yeah, you're not going to get me with that. Because <laughs> uh, Congressman Lantos had recently been on television uh, about 9-11 and everything. They were doing an investigation. And I was like, no way. And he goes, no, no, I'm serious. I go, I'm, no matter what you say, you're not going to fool me. And, and, and the guy went, no, I'm serious. He wants to talk to you. And so I contacted him and I talked to his um, chief of staff and he goes, uh, he wants to give you a congressional citation and he wants you to come in because he's going to give you this congressional citation and he's going to cite you before all of Congress for the work you've done on e-soccer. And I'm going, are you serious? And so I went in and all these things happened, even though I never thought my destiny was disability. And then I started a software company called Digital Scribbler. All these things happened. They have nothing to do with trying to get people to go to church, be religious. All these things happen because God had a purpose in my life. And I think, I think anybody who's going through something needs to realize what you may think is discouraging may in fact be your destiny. What do you think about that, Rhett? What's going through your head? I can see your, your massive brilliance cooking on this. <laughs> I don't know what you got in store for us, but something's coming. No, I was just thinking about that. And even when we were laughing about the, the Christmas album, I, I just never thought of myself as like 
an angry, quiet kid. But as we talk more now, I kind of realize that that kind of was what I was. And uh, I, it jogged my memory last night. Uh, we had this Jeopardy game, and I was like super afraid. I was like, nobody talk to me. Like, like I don't want to. I don't want to get up. I don't want to answer. And I, I felt like I was back in high school when it's like, <laughs> all right. So who's got who? You know, who wants to answer this question? And I'm just like, I know the answer, but yeah. I don't want to put my hand up, and I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. You know? And so as you're saying that, I like I hate that part about me, but I'm like, okay, maybe that's why I do work with teens because there's a lot of teens like that. That's right. Who need a voice? Who otherwise wouldn't know God, and they just need someone to kind of relate to and understand. Like, hey, like. there's a lot more going on inside than you want to talk about. So I I guess that's how I'm starting to see like, Oh, okay. Wow. There is purpose in, in those things that I hate about myself. Now, Kelly and Kiara, we're going to close out because that was splendid. And the reason I like that red is because I think there's people out there that are discouraged because they have a lot of things emotionally inside of them that they don't know what to do with and maybe make them feel negative. And what you're telling them is, you know what? You're not alone. And if you're discouraged out there, because maybe you have some thoughts inside you, maybe you are angry. You're not alone and you shouldn't hate yourself and you shouldn't say I'm a terrible Christian or I'm a terrible human being or maybe you're out there and you don't even believe in God and you're like, man, I'm listening to this. I don't even believe in God. You know what? That's all right. You can still benefit from all the things we're talking about and you don't have to judge yourself as unworthy or whatever. This is an opportunity to get new hope. The new hope is in finding your purpose and realizing, hey, there's a reason I'm here, a chance to make an identity shift like Harry Potter. So I'm going to give Kiara and Kelly the last word. What are you going to leave everybody with? Okay, well... They just looked at each other. <laughs> what a, we try to have oh, quick transitions, first. but sometimes people are getting, they're a little nervous. They knew. I, I saw I'm waiting for them to jump in, and they looked at each other, and we're like, uh-oh. What's on your mind? Okay, well, what's on my mind is uh, what you guys were talking about was encouraging because it's stuff that I really hate about myself, that I, I hate how insecure I am. I hate how insecure I am by how I look. I have specific memories from, like, high school that I'm like, I never want to talk about that. Right. Um, then that, that kind of, like, stifles me. It makes me, like, un... un have no purpose, be ineffective. I've also worked with high schoolers and I, I like shared one I shared this story with them last week about um, something I did in high school. I was so insecure in high school that when I went to prom and we got our prom pictures back, I actually photoshopped myself and then gave it to my prom date and 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 I actually I photoshopped him too. Like I just I was so <laughs> I was so insecure that I was like I, but that was like so I'm just impressed that you knew how to photoshop in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still I'm still Harvest. back at the Photoshop. Sweet. Yeah, hey, you know, my dad was a graphic artist. So anyways, but yeah, like I learned I learned how to do that, but I was so insecure and I felt like that it was like I'm like I can't tell anybody about this. Like I need to hide who I am. I hate this so much, but it stayed with me right. for so long. And so I was telling I was telling like some kids and then one of the girls and and um, one of the girls was like, "Why don't you tell us? We're suffering out here. We need to know." And it was just so impactful. I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Because I'm so embarrassed. I'm so insecure about what they think. Do you I know end up why they no need purpose. to know? Because they feel the same exact thing. Well, even more because when they look at you and they see you, it gives them hope. Yeah. They look and go, "Oh, I can make it out. Yeah, I can get past this." That's the yeah. thing we miss when we think about mm-hmm. ourselves and our mm-hmm. problems. We miss the fact that people look at us and they get that new hope. Yeah, and and that they have purpose though too. That's beyond whatever it is that they feel so insecure or that's right. or stopped by. Because actually, I mean, I don't know if I so a character in the 
Bible that I, I remember like reading um, in the story of Jacob was even Leah, like one of his yeah, wives. Yeah. Like Leah was notably in the Bible, not as attractive as Rachel, but she had a purpose and a destiny. Like Jesus's lineage came from. Like, what does it her. say about that? I don't even remember. What, it does says it say that she, she, had, she, had, she had weak eyes. <laughs> does that mean she's not attractive? <laughs> well, it just made it, it. I just remember reading and like, I oh, there's a know. point in the Bible that says like Rachel was beautiful, but Leah had weak eyes. So <laughs> they <laughs> compared her. Well, well I'm going to, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't claim to be a Bible scholar but I did sleep at a Holiday Inn last night. <laughs> Let's take a stab at this. Okay. All right. Weak eyes has to do with what? If your face is, if your face looks sad, what is, there's a word for that. Discouraged. Yeah, you, your Just countenance, <laughs> your countenance, your outward appearance. So I'm, I'm there, there, you know, commentaries have been written on this kind of stuff over and over again. My view on commentaries is that's a guy's point of view. And mm-hmm. so you want to look at it, but you don't have to live by it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and weak eyes can mean your disposition. So you could, and Isaiah 3, it says, the look on your faith testifies against you. Mm-hmm. It says your sin has affected your countenance. It says, I think the face is reflecting of the heart. Mm-hmm. And so if a person, for the purpose of our study today in our talk, if a person is discouraged, their eyes grow weak. You look mm-hmm. at Psalm, what is it, 38, and it talks about the light has gone from your eyes. Mm-hmm. So what was her dilemma with Jacob? Do you remember? Anybody remember? loved Rachel. Yeah. yeah. And so if you're unloved, it's, I think it's, it's Proverbs 30, as the scripture says in the NIV from 1984, that the world shakes beneath the feet of a woman who is married yet unloved. Mm-hmm. And so if you're unloved and you feel like you're less than someone your whole life, it's going to give you a down countenance. Mm-hmm. So it isn't necessarily, beauty is an interesting thing, right? Because who's really beautiful? You know, I mean, that the old beauty is in the eye of the beholder is absolutely true. Like you're beautiful if the person looking at you thinks you're beautiful. You're not beautiful because the commercial says so. And so I think one of the things you, th- that you're talking about that's so insightful that you're talking about is that Leah, I'd never even thought of it. She's extraordinary because what happens is we God has to figure out a way to lift her countenance mm, yeah. and, and take away her sadness. And that's what we're talking about. That's the hope. What are you thinking here? And then Kelly, get in there. Go ahead. What were, you, were you thinking something else? Uh, no, I guess I didn't think about it that way because I, I can still very much see it as, as like, oh, the, the Bible said that she wasn't like, like as in, I don't know, I guess I can still like value that. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just adding to you well, that it know. may I not guess... be. She, you, you may meet Leah in heaven and she may be the most beautiful woman you ever saw. <laughs> uh, not that I'm saying what physical bodies, but that's a whole other theological issue. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm just saying. We are, I do this all the time. I read the Bible and think because of messages I've heard yeah. mm-hmm. that I now know. Yeah, like, yeah. And I'm just giving you another take and saying, what if her beauty was affected, First Peter 3, by the internal emotional state that she is in? Yeah. And so the, that's the reason this is good is because there are a lot of young ladies and young men out there. I never thought I was a good-looking guy or none of that. And I was, well, oh, yeah, I'll be an athlete. I'm smart. I'm this, I'm that. But everybody is made to feel not good enough by somebody. And so what it is is Rachel was the one that Leah was compared to. And maybe Rachel was just a killer and and, and, and looked really great. And Leah was like, man, I'm just cooked. But it doesn't mean Leah was ugly, right? (laughs) And I think the same way, we may look at an athlete that's a better athlete or a singer that's a better singer. It doesn't mean we're not a good singer. And it doesn't mean we're not a good athlete. And the hope comes, I love what you're saying, from finding her purpose. And what was her purpose? Do you remember that? Anybody remember that? Right, you know about the women's in the Bible, right? Guys got to know about the women in the yeah, Bible, man. Get more educated. What was her purpose? Well, I mean, from her came. Uh, she gave birth to a son. That eventually, that 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 came from. Eventually, Jesus came from that lineage. Mm. See, from so that family, see? from her see? family. Now, I, don't, mm. I didn't know that, but you're rocking cool. right there. That's cool. <laughs> what I'm saying is, Leah's purpose was God was using her 
not as something for Jacob. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. He was using her for her. Yeah. There was something about Leah that God wanted to use. And in the midst of her turmoil, and we're going to end on this because Kiara really closes out nicely. In the midst of her turmoil, she was the first one to have kids. Yeah. And she's found her purpose and her new hope. Hey, we hope you're deeply encouraged after this study today. It was kind of not a study. It was kind of a whirlwind of experiences. <laughs> we hope you have a great experience. Thank you. We hope you enjoy this episode. Be sure to check out our website at deepspirituality.net where we have devotionals, videos, and articles. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Deep Spirituality and click subscribe. You can also find us on all your favorite social media platforms. So be sure to give us a like or a comment. We'd love to hear your feedback and listen to what you enjoy or anything we can improve on. And of course, if you enjoy this podcast, don't hesitate to leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.